Today's scripture is from the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, What is truth? After he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. be seated. Today is the last Sunday before Advent, and as you can see on the front of your bulletin, and uh, no, you can't. It should say Christ the King Sunday. That's what I expected it to say, Christ the King Sunday. As the last Sunday of the Christian year, this is a pivot point where we are invited to look back at the glory of Christ seen at his transfiguration, Easter, and ascension, and to look forward to the glory of Christ seen as he comes again in Advent, Christmas, and Epiphany. It is a day to celebrate the reign of the risen Christ over all things and all time. We celebrate by pulling out our white pyramids, by singing songs that prominently feature the word king, and by reading a story that might at first seem like an odd choice for the day. Because Jesus does not answer the are you a king question, he doesn't answer it in an unequivocal way. He doesn't answer it with a resounding yes, like we might expect or want him to. But let's look at this passage and see what it has to say to us on this special Sunday. Now, as you can probably discern from the reading alone, the passage is from the part of Jesus' passion story where he is alone with Pilate the governor of the province of Judea, where Jerusalem was situated. Pilate, as governor of the region, holds Jesus' life 
in his hands. And it might seem to us that this was an easy decision for Pilate. He represented the Roman emperor there in Judea and had absolute power and discretion to do whatever he deemed appropriate. But when the Jewish leaders brought Jesus before him and asked him to have Jesus put to death, this was actually a difficult place for him to be. And it was a tricky decision for Pilate. If he gave them what they wanted, that would keep the peace with the Jewish leaders. But what if Jesus had his own followers, which I'm pretty sure Pilate would have heard that he did, and what if those followers revolted if he gave the Jewish leaders what they wanted? Any sort of disturbance in the province would get the attention of the emperor and not in a good way. And it would result, most likely, in Pilate being removed from his position. So, Pilate asks Jesus a question that he hopes will unravel the bind he finds himself in. Are you the king of the Jews? If Jesus answers yes, you see, Pilate has clear grounds to have him put to death. Not because it is what the Jewish leaders want, but because by saying, yes, I am a king, Jesus would be viewed as an insurrectionist against the Roman Empire. Are you the king of the Jews? It was a simple yes or no question. Or so Pilate thought. But that's not how Jesus rolls, right? We all know that. Jesus loves to answer a question with a question. Jesus loves to dig beneath the question asked to get to the real matter at hand. Jesus loves to flip things around, even when it is the Roman governor before him asking, even when the one before him has his life in his hands. So, before this conversation is over, we do not get a direct answer from Jesus to the question, not the first time and not the second time it is asked by Pilate. But we do get some important insight for this Christ the King Sunday about God's kingdom. I'd like us to look at verse 36. Jesus says to Pilate there, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Now, Pilate asks Jesus if he claims the title of king of the Jews, and Jesus doesn't answer that question, I think, because he knows what Pilate thinks of when he uses the word king. And that is not what Jesus thinks of, because Jesus does not see king or kingdom the same way as Pilate does. The best way he can get this point across to this militaristic leader 
of a domineering empire is by expressing to him how unlike the empire his kingdom is. It is otherworldly. And its otherworldliness is evidenced by the lack of violence surrounding the situation that Pilate and Jesus are embroiled in at that moment. If Christ's kingdom were like Pilate's kingdom, there would be fighting and rebellion and violence going on instead of a quiet, private conversation between the two men. This is an important insight into the kingdom of God and is, in fact, an important insight for us every day that we live in a world that finds violence to be the go-to answer to nearly every conflict. Physical violence as seen in wars and in more personal acts of harm. Verbal violence as seen in hate-filled and abusive speech. Psychological violence as seen in the isolation and exclusion of those who do not fit within cultural norms. The world Pilate lived in and reigned in found violence of all varieties to be the answer to conflict. And sadly, our world today does as well. This is not what the kingdom of God looks like. This is not the kingdom in which Jesus lives and reigns. This is not the kingdom we are citizens of. This is not how we are called to live. Lutheran minister and author Nadia Bowles Weber said this in a Christ the King sermon she preached a couple of years ago. We who live and pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, have a very different agenda than Caesar's. We have pledged our allegiance and submitted to the reign of the unresentful loser, the Prince of Peace, whose throne is but two pieces of wood and a few rusty nails, whose crown is jeweled with thorns and whose judgment is one of forgiveness and mercy. A servant king, a crucified, enemy-loving king, in whose kingdom there is nothing to earn. All notions of supremacy are crushed under his feet. To be citizens of his kingdom is to have an identity and a value and a peace that is unthreatenable. There is no public image or private property to defend or protect because with his still wounded hands, Christ our King is gently taking the gun out of ours and saying, it's okay, you won't be needing this. As I mentioned earlier, today is often referred to as Christ the King Sunday, but there is another, perhaps better name for it, Reign of Christ Sunday. 
And this is a better name because it removes from focus these worldly ideas of kings and kingdoms and allows us instead to meditate on the peaceful, otherworldly reign of Christ, who didn't want to talk that day about hierarchical things like titles with Pilate, but instead wanted to talk about truth. Reign of Christ Sunday invites us to listen to the one who lives and reigns in heaven and who calls to us, expecting us to hear and recognize his voice, calling us to not just understand the truth, but to live it, breathe it, share it. May we go from this place, citizens of the peaceable kingdom of God, those who hear our shepherd, servant, king, Jesus Christ, and who seek to follow in his ways through the equipping power of the Holy Spirit. And may all we do and say be to God's eternal glory and for the love of each and every one of our neighbors. Let us pray. Jesus, Creator God, Holy Spirit, you came and turned our world upside down and showed us again and again through Christ's teachings that your kingdom is indeed an upside down kingdom from the ones of this world. And for that, we are grateful. We look with hope to a day when your kingdom will come in its fullness, but we also know that we are the bearers of your kingdom in this world. The problems here are large and we are small, but in our individual realms of influence, we can make a difference for you. And as a community of faith that you have assembled in a unique and special way for the unique and special time in which we find ourselves, we can do mighty things. We bow to you, King Jesus. We lift up our lives to you. We look to you for comfort and peace when all around us gives us worry and strife. May we go out from this place knowing where our citizenship truly is. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.